Welcome to episode 24 of the Countryline Songwriter Series, where you'll hear from some of the most successful artists and songwriters working in Nashville today. Country music is all about storytelling, and this is where you'll discover the stories from the people themselves of how they managed to find their way into such a competitive industry and rise to the top, what motivates and inspires them, and what they've learned along the way. Cian Brown was born in 1993 in Chattanooga, Tennessee, to a white mother and black father. He spent much of his youth living with his mother in Red Bank, Tennessee, where he first became interested in music while at high school. Initially attracted to R&B, Brown decided to focus on country after winning an 11th grade talent contest with his rendition of Chris Young's Getting You Home, The Black Dress Song. Brown then began posting videos online of covers of songs by Brantley Gilbert, Alan Jackson and others. He quickly developed a loyal following, a fan base that helped his own single Don't Go City On Me go viral upon its release in 2014. In 2015, Brown released his debut EP Closer, which reached the top 10 of the Billboard Country Albums chart. Following Closer, he released the standalone single Used To Love You Sober. In early 2015, Brown signed a recording contract with RCA Sony Music Nashville. That December, he returned with his full-length self-titled debut, featuring the singles Ain't No Stoppin' Us Now and Thunder In The Rain. The album debuted at number one on the country charts and peaked at number 10 on the Billboard 200. Two more singles, What Ifs, featuring Lorna Lena and Heaven, appeared in 2017. Lose It, the first single from Cian Brown's second album, appeared in June of 2018. It climbed to number one on the Billboard Country Airplay chart prior to Experiment's release in November. Experiment debuted at number one on the Billboard Top 200 and spawned two more number one country airplay singles with Good As You and Homesick arriving in January and August of 2019. Also in 2019, he joined DJ Marshmello for the single One Thing Right and cracked the top 20 of the Billboard country charts with his song For My Daughter. As Experiment wound down its album cycle in 2020, Brown released Mixtape Volume 1 in August of that year. The EP was highlighted by the hit single Cool Again. Following the Chris Young collaboration Famous Friends, Brown teamed up with Black Bear for 2021's Memory. The number one Billboard Country Airplay solo single One Mississippi arrived later that year, opening a series of single releases in advance of the 2022 album Different Man. Prior to the September appearance of Different Man, Like I Love Country Music topped the Billboard Country Airplay charts with the promo singles Whiskey Sour and Leave You Alone helping build the anticipation for the record's release. Largely produced by Dan Hoff, Different Man was an exercise in genre-fluid country, finding Brown attempting everything from R&B to stripped-down balladeering. He co-wrote all of one of the album's 17 songs. It hit number two on the country charts and number five on the Billboard 200. And in February of 2023, he chatted with myself, Stuart Bamford. The Countryline Songwriter Series with Kane Brown. So Kane, you finished a run of UK dates on Saturday night in London and it's been three years since the last time you were over. So, you know, how have you found the shows and what's it been like to come all the way back over and see how much your fan base has grown? It's been amazing. Um, I found out that we've almost, or we doubled basically our fan base from last time I was in London. So 
that's awesome. And then also, too, it's been cool because I feel like I've really found myself on stage at least a lot more than I have before when I was here last. Yeah. So it's cool just to get to share that with the fans. And, and I've heard so much positive feedback. And, you know, I can't wait to hopefully keep growing and keep coming back over here. You've always had this real swagger on stage, but you do seem to be a lot more confident and loose as a performer right now. Is that something you think that's just come with experience? Um, yeah, and just, you know, finding myself being different. I used to, you know, worry about what people thought about me and cared. And now, I, I guess growing up and being a dad, you just don't really, yeah. you don't really worry about those things anymore. Um, and it's just kind of my happy place. I just have fun now. I feel like if I have fun, everybody else has fun. Now, a few weeks ago, I got to speak with the guys from Restless Road. They're obviously over in the UK. They've been opening the shows for you. And I know they're signed to your label. And this is a group that came out of the American version of The X Factor. And at one point, you were nearly a member of. What is it about those guys that made you want to put the investment, the time, the money, the effort into giving them the best possible chance to develop as a band and to give them that platform to be able to build an audience for themselves. What you say we put us down some roots Find a house up on a hill Travel around this world Put some pictures on the shelf Maybe one day a baby's go. Um, well, not only do I know that they're hungry for it, uh, I think they're super talented. They're a great group of guys. They're funny. They just need a chance. They just need that shot. And so I was just going to give it to them. And, you know, so far they've been killing it. Yeah. Uh, they've been on the road with me for, you know, two years now. Wow. And uh, they're growing. Now, your current single, Thank God, is obviously a collaboration with your wife, Caitlin. I know it was written by Christian Davis, Kyle Fishman, Jackson Free, Josh Hogue and Jared Mullins. How did you get a hold of this song? And did your wife take much convincing to duet on it with you? Because I have to say, she has the most stunning voice. There's like shades of Ariana Grande in there. So thank God I get to It wasn't hard at all to convince her because we've been looking for a song for, you know, like five years. And um, Josh Hogue, that's a writer on it, is actually signed to me um, on my publishing side. Uh, he sent me the song Jackson Free also. Uh, I actually just had him here uh, in Europe the last uh, week writing other music. Um, so that's how I got the song, and I'm so grateful I did because uh, when I showed her, she immediately fell in love with it. And so it was really easy to convince her to get on the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the funniest thing was she thought she was going to have a little a little song on the project, and I told her it's probably going to be it's definitely going to be the biggest song on the album. And <laughs> I wasn't wrong. 
<laughs> There's uh, 17 tracks on your latest album, Different Man, and you were a co-writer on 15 of them. I've heard you say what you find quite interesting. I've never heard an artist admit this before, that your mood when you walk into a room for a writing session can very much set the tone. And um, can you elaborate a wee bit more about that? I have crazy mood swings. Mm-hmm. You know, the weather can change my mood, whatever. But uh, if I go in and I'm like, you know, kind of down, more than likely we're going to write a, a depressing song in my feelings, you know? Yeah. And then if I'm uh, super happy, then I, I usually want an up-tempo, you know, fun radio song. Mm-hmm. I've really found out that what type of songs are going to work towards radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'm like, man, I don't have any more songs for radio. Like, we need to focus on that. And the hardest part is if I'm in a bad mood to write that radio song. So I usually, if, if I don't get it within 45 minutes, I don't want to waste anybody's time because I don't want to waste mine. So I'll just leave. I think my favorite thing you've ever done so far is Whiskey Sour. And you've been teasing us that this may or may not be a next single. Can you tell me a bit about this? So now I take my whiskey sour, sitting bar side after hours, thinking how can I get over if the love was never ours? Hell, I know you got my message, all my X's and my O's. And it kills me by the hour Now I take my whiskey sours alone I see, so I want to take it as a single but and, and a lot of people have been asking me You know, why I don't play it in my sets And, and all that But it's like The sad, slow songs Take so long For... The climb go, up the like, charts? Yes. Right. And so then that just pushes you back as an artist. And so then I'm like, well, how long do I have, you know, as an artist? Because I want to get as much music out as possible. Uh, so I'm like, you know, if, if people really love that song and really like it, then they'll blow it up and stream it. And then it's a no-brainer that I have to take it to radio. Mm-hmm. Now, the title track off the Different Man album is a collaboration with Blake Shelton, and I know you guys performed it not that long ago together on the season finale of the American version of The Voice. How did the collaboration with Blake come about? What if I was Um, I was listening to that song and I was headed to the gym and I was thinking about a, a collaborator on it. Blake Shelton popped in my head just because his uh his song God's Country and uh the music at that time that he started to release it, it sounded like it. And so I, I shot him a text over the song and you know, even before I got to the gym he texted me back and he said, Dude, this is awesome. He said, I'm I'm jump on I'm gonna jump on it. So then we waited like a month or two and he went to LA to record and sent it back and that was it. You co-wrote the song Grand, which I adore with Cameron Alexander and Mike Posner. How did that song come together? Because it's, uh, you know, it's a bit of a change for you.
actually have a lot of songs like that. I just sit on them. Um, and so that one, you know, I just kept showing to my friends and we showed it to the labels and everybody was just saying that they really like it. So then I, you know, I put it on TikTok and it got like 637,000 likes or something like that. And uh, we were like, shoot, we should just put it out and see how it does. And um, I kept going back and forth with myself. Uh, it wasn't going to go on the album. And then literally like probably the last, the last second I could have got, I was like, nah, this is going on there. Last year, you performed grand at the VMAs and made history as the first male country artist to ever perform at that award show. You have this ability to blur music genres with such fearless ease and you're a real trailblazer. Can you tell me a bit about how lockdown influenced you to perhaps lean heavier into that? Um, I would just say lockdown, you know, I was really like depressed. Uh, you know, you didn't know what was gonna what was gonna happen with music or touring or you know that was our jobs and you know a lot of other people's jobs. You just, it was very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, I was like, you know, once I get back on the road, which when I did, I just found a whole nother person uh, that I didn't even know existed in myself. And then I had I had a you know babies and uh, it just changed me altogether of just not being worried about anything people are always going to judge you no matter what you do and it's your life so you can either live it scared or you can just do what you want and be happy it surprises me that you would be so perhaps conscious of other people's opinions because it very much doesn't come across my comeback was just to, to message you on uh social media and basically make let my fans know so then they go at you instead of me <laughs> Now, you've developed quite the relationship with Uber producer Dan Hoff. Um, What have you learned from working with that guy? And more specifically, what do you think he's been able to sort of capture and develop within your sound? I think me and Dan have really came a long way. The first album, I was that shy kid that didn't know anything about it. You know, I just wrote the music and then I sang on it and... When it came to producing or any of the instruments, I just let him do what he does best. And then the second album, uh, I had a like a whole six words this time, um, and he'll tell you that too. He's like, he don't ever talk, but I had a little more input. And then this album, I was you know sending songs back, telling them this ain't it, we got to do this, and we've really just kind of i think found my sound and we're still finding it but we're we're getting closer and closer every time together and i found out that not only is he a legend but he's willing to to listen to the artist um and he's he's an amazing person sends me voice memos all the time and he's just a, a good soul now on saturday you tweeted ep incoming can you share any more details with me about that i've been writing songs here in london um or in Europe in general, and I was actually drinking that night and <laughs> <laughs> posted EP incoming, and I've had a lot of people ask me about it, and I'm, I'm definitely going to make sure it's, it's going to happen because, you know, Sony's been asking me to write some more music. Just don't know when, but it's definitely, it's got to be soon because it's either I choose another single off this album or come with a new single, you know? Okay. So just got to get in there and record it. You've been honoured multiple times as a CMT Artist of the Year. What does that recognition mean to you? It must be lovely. It's awesome to be recognised. I will say that CMT's been been great to me. Because, you know, a lot of these board shows, I 
at, at the beginning of my career, I mean, and now, I kind of feel like I'm I'm overlooked a little bit. Uh, but I don't say anything about it anymore. I just, you know, I, I look at the shows. As long as I can, you know, play my shows, sell tickets, be on the radio, I don't need a trophy. So yeah. for CMT to... For CMT to recognize me, it's just it's just uh, cool and and you know amazing. And in September of last year, you played shows in Australia and New Zealand. That must have been a real a real trip, something brand new to travel so far and see people singing the words of your songs back to you. Yeah, uh, that was wild. I've never been over there before. Yeah, so as I'm going down the road to the uh, festival, we look to our left and um, there's this beautiful mountain and. Uh, like the sunrise behind it going down and there's two kangaroos sitting on top of the hill. I thought it was just it was just sick. Wow. Uh but then we go and play the festival and you don't know how it's gonna be over there. Uh just like I didn't how I didn't know it was gonna be in Europe my first time and just like over here it is over there. They know every song, you know, uh all the way down your album. So it was just like a fun, crazy twenty five thousand people party and, and everywhere we went was just so fun. Here's the million dollar question. So with the way that you initially blew up and found an audience through posting covers of songs on social media, you know, you're now a worldwide household name, one of the biggest acts in music. What advice would you pass on now to aspiring singer-songwriters? Like I said earlier, I was always worried about what people think. Just who cares? Just be you. And that's what's going to honestly what's going to keep you going in longevity because when i when i when i first got into music i didn't care what people thought you know my my main thing was to to get likes and get shares on facebook and it's like then once i got a name like a, a little name for myself i was like okay now i want everybody to like me mm. and there's no artist there's nobody in the world that everybody likes so that kind of pushed me back to not wanting to post on social media or anything because if i saw a negative comment you know, I just shut down. So I would say just do you. Don't care what anybody thinks. Get that fan base and live life how you want to live it. Do you think that change in outlook is perhaps partially to do with now becoming a father of two daughters? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a that's a big uh, a big part of it, you know, because they're the only ones that I really care what think about me. Um I want them to think, you know, I'm I'm cool and uh, a good dad. So I don't want them to ever be scared of anything. Uh, so I can't, you know, preach something I don't believe in. And you mentioned, obviously, you know, having occasional issues with maybe depression. I'm sure, you know, them coming into the world has made you, you know, that's changed your outlook too and lifted your mood. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I still get depressed sometimes, but uh, it's mainly like when I'm here and, and Kate, wasn't here i was kind of getting depressed a little bit yeah uh it would get me out you know facetiming them seeing them uh but then when kate got here you know my whole mood changed they definitely helped me out of that mood ken listen thank you very much for giving me some time really appreciate it man uh we spoke the last time you were over here you kicked off a tour in dublin and uh yeah just a pleasure to get to speak to you again sir yeah man nice to talk to you thank you the country line songwriter series with kane brown more episodes from this series are available on the country line app and website or just search for the country line songwriter series wherever you normally get your podcasts